the wild card round is over with, and we move on to the divisional round. And what's what's that, Hank? What? Oh, oh, Hank is handing me a pertinent local area announcement. Let's see here. Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. We will be having the Green Bay Packers San Francisco game and UFC. What? Which one is this? It's like 365. Yeah, UFC is 365. I don't know. I know Ngannou's fighting on Saturday. Uh, we are going to have the divisional game between the Packers and the San Francisco 49ers on at 7 o'clock, followed by UFC pay-per-view over at the Doghouse in beautiful Kenosha, Wisconsin. Come one, come all. Oh, what else? What else we got? We got what we're gonna try and put a poker tournament together what <laughs> what <laughs> twenty dollar buy-in what how we doing any rebuys hank another twenty dollars you can do one rebuy within the first hour for twenty dollars oh all right all right figure out the prize payments uh for first second and third i guess based on whoever comes over and plays inquire inquire please go ahead and inquire me on any social media platform. Or if you have my number, you can text me direct. Let's go, doghouse. Man, Hank, you just like to throw that shit out right at the last fucking second, don't you? Yeah, you dumb bastard. Could have put that one out earlier in the week. Now we got to put something out on social media. That one will be out on Facebook. Speaking of social media, find me on Twitter and Facebook at RoyDog underscore. <laughs> Twitter and Instagram at RoyDog underscore 13. And over on Facebook, the Dennis M. Roy account over there. I will I will send you the deets if you are interested uh, again about uh, poker this weekend while watching NFL football on the big 75-inch screen. We'll have the UFC going on. We'll have the pay-per-view on right after the game, and we'll have all the early prelims and prelims on the other two monitors out in the doghouse, fully heated, uh, safe from the elements. It's going to be a good time going to be a good time well how's everybody doing we have our four or i'm sorry our eight uh finalists four games uh set for the divisional round of the nfl playoffs cincinnati at tennessee followed by san francisco and green bay on saturday la rams at tampa bay buccaneers uh to begin sunday followed by buffalo at kansas city this is the early look, which means that we are going to be starting to pull players. Uh, go ahead and take a look at them. Uh, dwindle that down. Hopefully, maybe I can do what I did last weekend and have the write-up out on Friday night. If not, it'll be out early Saturday morning, uh, followed by a podcast on that one, of course. 
Might even put one out tomorrow. I don't know. I uh, do not have my little one tomorrow night. She is going to have a nice sleepover at her friend's house, so hopefully she enjoys her time over there. But uh, let's go ahead. Let's get into these games. Uh, we're going to start at Cincinnati, Tennessee, because there's a big, big running back deal here, right? Cincinnati at Tennessee. Game starts at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, Saturday afternoon. Tennessee opened as a two-and-a-half-point favorite. 46 was the over-under. Tennessee has risen to a three-and-a-half-point favorite. 47-and-a-half is the over-under. Hmm. Interesting. So they're expecting some points in here. Uh, basically, I think we just have to pull basically every player, right? I mean, everybody's kind of available here except for, you know, certain just really super dead areas that I'm just not have no interest in. Uh, either based off the matchup or the player price. So, God, put that fucking notice over there. Come on. God damn, my desk is messy. I'm going to have to work on that. Um, but, yeah, we've, we're going to start pulling some players, kind of what we see here. Um, I actually should pull up my target spreadsheet. Um, you can if you want as well. Remember, target spreadsheet... Is the full has the full season statistics for the players all the way through week 18. Playoffs are by they're lonesome. I will be extending them out all the way up until and through the Super Bowl. You will receive a final 2021 uh, target data chart, and I am definitely going to see if I can uh, fit some other shit in here. Um, target data sheet, if you have not looked at it, has the last eight teams remaining. Uh, the teams that were knocked out in the playoff are kind of like in a gold color. Um, and then silver is the teams that were out, you know, did not make the playoffs. All those are dead teams, but you can look back on the statistics of anybody who played against our remaining teams and see uh, exactly how they did. But it is what it is. Uh, we need to move on here. Let's get into Cincinnati at Tennessee. Uh, Joe Burrow, are we going to take a look at him? 7,700, 34, and 6,600. Good for fifth, third, and fifth. I'm using the pricing for the full weekend slate. Uh, so those pricing, those prices over on FanDuel and DraftKings, that's rather low, right? He's getting kind of disrespected. Of course, uh, we have Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, and... Uh, one Josh Allen on the slate, so that kind of makes sense. But who's number four? Probably Tom Brady. So Joe Burrow, you know, as always this season, falls into the value category. Tennessee Titans, 11th in pass defense DVOA, 23rd in points allowed to the quarterback position, 18.5 on FanDuel, 19.5 on DraftKings. They are coming off their bye week as the number one seed. Uh, we are going to slip... Mr. Joe Burrow into here. Um, basically, because Tennessee is Tennessee is pretty much just a pass funnel type defense. Don't get a lot on the ground. They are the 14th uh, ranked de uh, rush defense in DVOA. 10th versus the running back in the passing game. Uh, first overall in points allowed to the RB position. 16.1 on FanDuel and 18.6 on DK. So even though Joe Mixon gets the majority of the workload at his price, 7,800, 27, and 6,600, good for second, third, and third. Seems rather high for me. 
even though I do think that there is a chance that the Cincinnati Bengals can win and could lead in this game. Even leaning, leaning on Joe Mixon, I just think is the wrong call. Um, I would rather pay down uh, for a couple of mid-range or low-end uh, contributors than to pay up for Joe Mixon. He's kind of been falling down uh, lately. We can actually look at his statistics here. So last three games that he has played, 18 for 65 on the ground, good for a 3.61 average, one touchdown. Uh, in the passing game, 6 for 6 on his target receptions and 70 yards and a touchdown. So not too bad in Week 16. Week 17, 12 for 46. Caught 7 of 8 targets for 40 yards. Not bad on a PPR basis. Uh, the wild card round, 17 for 48 on the ground. Caught 4 of his 5 targets for a measly 28 yards. So... He's been struggling a bit. That has something probably to do with the offensive line. Um, But, uh, yeah, just as price point, let's go ahead and just skip that. Let's go ahead and take a look at the passing game. Uh, Wide receiver seems to be the area where Tennessee is the weakest, and that's been pretty proven uh, throughout the season, even if you don't like the quarterback, per se, from that team. uh, Wide receivers have generally been the good spot here right so of course we take a look at the numbers here so versus the wide receiver one tennessee is 15th in dvoa versus the wide receiver two 17th in dvoa and 29th in dvoa versus the wide receiver plus it's kind of a big deal um because usually your you know tertiary and beyond type wide receivers are going to be the lowest price receivers right Tennessee Titans 31st in uh, points allowed to the wide receiver position as a whole, 33.8 on FanDuel and 41.9 on DK. Now, when you look at the matchups, Christian Fulton is slated to line up against Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase has a far and away uh, advantage, over 22.5% advantage. T. Higgins against Jackrabbit Jenkins, who I don't mind facing. Now, I'm trying to keep an eye on T. Higgins' foot. He has not been on the injury report, so I'm assuming now this week um, he is really good to go versus last week, which was really just a pain in the ass because he had that late uh, week questionable tag hit. So T. Higgins, uh, he is right in between 15 to 22%. On the advantage on Jack Rabbit or Janoris Jenkins, as he's well known, and then you have Tyler Boyd uh, facing off against Elijah Molden in the slot. Uh, has a seven point five percent to fifteen percent advantage over Elijah Molden. So all three wide receivers are in play. Why is that? Because we're not going to look at CJ Uzoma at tight end this week, even though he may be a popular pick. Uh, we'll just go through this real quick. CJ Uzoma, 5,500, 15, and 3,400. Good for fifth, six, and six. The matchup, though, Tennessee Titans, third in DVOA versus the tight end position, fifth in points allowed to the tight end position at 6.7 on FanDuel and 8.7 on DraftKings, has a over minus 22.5%. Basically, over 22.5% deficit uh, versus uh, safety Amani Hooker. So 
CJ Uzoma, Drew Sample, they're off the board. We take a look back, though. Look at Jamar Chase and his boys here. Jamar Chase, 8,200, 36, and 7,100 for fifth, second, and fourth. So Yahoo is pricing the Bengals' offense up, it seems. At least the two power players in Burrow and Jamar Chase. T. Higgins, 6,400, 22, and 5,700. Good for 10th, 9th, and 9th. So that offers a little bit more value in here. Uh, do like the matchup against Jack Rabbit Jenkins. Also, you can add in the, the fact that T. Higgins failed last week, and that's going to keep a lot of people off. So do consider T. Higgins in your uh, GPP lineups. Uh, because he should come in at an even lower percent usage rate uh, this week versus last week. Tyler Boyd, 5,820 and 4,800 for 13th, 11th, and 12th. So we look at T. Higgins versus Tyler Boyd. You're getting about a $600 uh, savings on FanDuel, $2 savings on Yahoo. I'd probably rather pay for T. Higgins, to be perfectly honest. Uh, and you're getting a $900 discount over on DraftKings. So uh, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, you know, Jamar Chase is probably going to be very highly owned. We have to be very careful uh, here because uh, this week because you do need to get value. So we need to determine who's more of a risk or who's less of a risk at at uh, uh, value spots who can definitely – you know, pick up the slack of a higher price type player, especially at the wide receiver position. Uh, Bengals definitely in that passing offense, which is potent. They really, really shine. So T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, you really have to kind of consider them, even if you're not using Joe Burrow uh, as your quarterback. Moving to the Tennessee side, well, actually, we should go through the defenses here too, right? So Cincinnati Bengals, 3,400, 12, and 2,700, good for 8th, 6th, and 6th. The Tennessee Titans are 17th in points allowed to opposing teams' defenses at 6.41 points per game the last four weeks of the season, 21, 20, 18, and 17. So the number has come down, all right? So I'm going to be very careful and probably not focus on the Cincinnati Bengals defense, but if you use them, you're using them completely for a value play, especially on FanDuel where the lowest price. Um, you're using them for a value play to try and get as much potency out of your offense as humanly possible, right? Just try and use as much of that fucking salary as humanly possible. So I don't hate it. I just don't think I'm going to end up writing it up. Moving on to Tennessee now, we have Ryan Tannehill at quarterback, 7,325 and 5,800, good for seventh, seventh, and seventh. So uh, incredible value here. Can we look at this versus Joe Burrow, though? Come on. So Joe Burrow, 7,700, you save 400 on FanDuel, 34 on Yahoo. You save $9 on Yahoo on Yahoo from Joe Burrow down to Ryan Tannehill, 6,600 on DK, 5,800. So you're looking at about an $800 savings. Doesn't mean I'm going to use them. I'm just saying, okay, looking at the numbers. Um, 
The Cincinnati Bengals are 24th in pass defense DVOA, 14th in points allowed to opposing team quarterbacks. Now, you will see, you know, the second to last week, so week 17, that um, they were uh, 21st in points allowed. That's because in week uh, 16, they were absolutely getting... Uh, Trounce. That's because that was Kansas City. This is Tennessee. It's a little bit different. Um, I don't think this game is going to be a huge shootout type game, a huge point to, uh, total type game. It could be on par with uh, the Green Bay Packer uh, San Francisco 49er game, but eh, is it though? But I mean, if you look at the points that they're allowing, so 14th in points allowed to the quarterback position, 17.6 on FanDuel. 18.9 on DK. I think you can consider Ryan Tannehill, and there's going to be another reason why I'm going to say this, and I'm going to get to it on the next point. Come on, really? Motherfucker. God, I just, that's just not cool. Come on. Come on. Let's get him in there. So Ryan Tannehill will definitely consider as a value option, unlike Jimmy Garoppolo last week, which I said, you know, stay away from. Uh, and he did falter. So... But uh, going to the next position, we're looking at the RB position, right? So um, the big question is whether or not Derrick Henry is going to play or not. Now, they're saying that they're going to make a decision on him um, tomorrow, on Friday. You listen to this podcast on a Friday morning. Of course, you're looking at tonight or today. Um, Derrick Henry, highest-priced running back, out of the gate, if he comes off the IR list, nine thousand thirty-eight seventy-five hundred, good for first across the board. If Derrick Henry does not play, we need to look at Dante Foreman. Dante Foreman fifty-five hundred twenty-one and fifty-four hundred, good for eleventh, seven and nine. Maybe not so much on Yahoo. We'd have to compare the pricing, but. You have to you have to look at Foreman in this game. Um, Tennessee is you know historically tried to slow down games. Um, Donta Foreman's been getting the majority of the workload. Sure, he's kind of fa- he kind of failed the last week that we used him. Um, but like I said, he missed out on the touchdown because of stupid. Uh, I believe it was a shift, illegal shift, uh, which fucked him out of a touchdown. So. But we look at the Cincinnati Bengals, their rush defense, 13th in DVOA, 19th in DVOA versus running back in the passing game, 20th in points allowed to the RB position. So 21.3 on FanDuel, 25.4 on DK. We saw what Josh Jacobs was able to do last week. Now, he did get a little bit of, you know more passing work than probably Dante Foreman, uh, but I'm not huge on Dontrell Hilliard. Now, is that warranted? I don't know. Let's take a look at the numbers here, though, between the two. So Donta Foreman and Dontrell Hilliard. So week 16. Um, actually, let's do four weeks. So week 15 to week 18. So Donta Foreman, 22 of 108 for 108 on the ground. Uh, three for, Secured three of three targets for 27 yards. Uh, Dontrell Hilliard, nine for 49. So he was 5.44 uh, yard per carry, 4.91 for Dante Foreman. Secured four to six targets for 10 yards. Week 16, 
You had Dante Foreman go 9 for 17 and a touchdown. Uh, no targets, no receptions. Uh, Dontrell Hilliard, 5 carries for 20 yards. Um, and then secured both of his receptions, but for negative 6 yards. Woof. Week 17, you had Dante Foreman come back here. Uh, 26 for 132 and a touchdown. Uh, no targets, no receptions. Dontrell uh, Hilliard. 8 for 45 on the ground and a touchdown. And secured all three targets for 33 yards. Week 18, 21 to 69 on the ground. Like I said, he got screwed out of a touchdown. Uh, secured one of his two targets for 15 yards. Dontrell Hilliard, 9 for 57. Secured both of, or secured his one target for one yard. So it's not so much the receptions, but Dontrell Hilliard, when he's had the ball in his hand, has really been kind of special here. Now, if you look at if you look at pure ball carry, you're looking at Dante Foreman. If you're looking for a little bit of upside, and because they will split some of this, I'll have to look at the snap shares. But I'm not going to really worry about it until we find out if Derrick Henry is playing or not. But I would probably stick with Dante Foreman. Seems to be the guy that they want to keep on the field as much as humanly possible. So that just means more opportunities uh, when he's on the field versus Dontrell Hilliard. But uh, we'll kind of get into that a little bit when we find out the Derrick Henry news. If Derrick Henry is playing, I'm not going to play Dante Foreman, to be honest with you. Um, I'm definitely not playing Derrick Henry. I'm, I'm just not going to trust him on the injury uh, with that price point. That's going to hamstring a lot of people in there, uh, especially if they're just going to kind of use him, you know, sparingly. Kind of like how Cam Akers came back the last week of the regular season for the LA Rams, um, and he ends up turning into more of a fucking decoy. That's kind of the way that I'm looking. So, um, wide receivers. So we have AJ Brown, Julio Jones, Chester Rogers. I'll never look at Chester Rogers. I swear to fucking god. Um, but we can definitely look at these wide receivers. I think you have to include Nick Westbrook Akeen in that uh, conversation, filling in every once in a while for Julio Jones. But the two main, st- you know, the two main guys are going to be AJ Brown and Julio Jones. The question is going to be whether or not they're going to be competent enough to kind of get the job done this week. Um, it's not a terrible matchup as we've seen here. We saw Zay Jones actually have a bit of a success, uh, success against Jadobia Wuzier. Uh, so A.J. Brown, 7,600, 26, and 6,200. Good for 8th, 7th, and 8th. Julio Jones, who nobody's going to fucking use this weekend. 5,600, 14, and 14, holy shit. And 4,700, good for 15th, 16th, and 13th. You look at the DVOA numbers. The Cincinnati Bengals are 6th in DVOA versus the wide receiver 1. Like I said, Zay Jones had success there as the one. Uh, the two, the wide receiver two here, 27th in DVOA versus the wide receiver two. And that's steadily gotten better of a matchup over the last four weeks of the regular season. Uh, 20, 25, 25, and 27 over the last four weeks. Um, they seemingly... Cincinnati did a pretty decent job on Vegas. Uh, Vegas's wide receivers, though, haven't 
you know, they're not necessarily the best fucking wide receivers in the world. Uh, but Brian Edwards did have a little bit of success, uh, success. Hunter Renfro, of course, secured, you know, eight of his 11 targets um, as a wide receiver, too. Uh, filling in mostly in the slot, though. So keep that in mind. Bengals are 13th in points allowed uh, to the wide receiver position as a whole, 28.3 on FanDuel and 35 on DK. So pretty much it's going to be one or the other that's going to go off. Um, like I said, A.J. Brown looks to have a disadvantage of about 75 to 15% on Chidobe Awuzier, but I'm not going to really buy into that. Um, I'm kind of hoping that others will buy into it, especially if you're doing Ryan Tannehill. Uh, A.J. Brown is going to be the guy that he's going to be looking for first. Julio Jones will line up against Eli Apple, has a plus uh, 22.5% advantage on Eli Apple. Mike Hilton in the slot against Chester Rogers. Chester Rogers sucks, dude. Uh, I'm just not going to pay any attention to that. But, Nick, like I said, Nick Westbrook-Akeen, I might take a look at... um, but to be honest with you, I'm really kind of intrigued on Julio Jones as a value target um, this week. Let's see here. Tennessee. Julio came back. Yeah, see, Julio came back that last week of the year, regular season. He had A.J. Brown go f- uh, secure 4 of 6 for 68-1. and uh, Julio Jones secured 5 of 9 for 58 yards and a touchdown. So he had a very good game that was against houston i believe yeah that was against houston at houston um so i'm going to take a look those are going to be the first two guys i'm going to look at as far as tennessee wide receivers i will be taking a look at tight end here as kind of a value guy uh maybe as you know out of the flex or maybe actually as the first tight end and then you know using the second tight end um in the flex somebody that's in a later game uh, but Anthony Ferkser, 5,200, 13, and 3,100, good for 7th, 7th, and 7th. Uh, we will take a look at him versus Jeff Swain. I want to take a look at the target share um, over the last couple weeks. But uh, Cincinnati, we know, is weak against tight ends. 24th in DVOA versus the tight end position. 26th in points allowed to the tight end position as a whole. Uh, 12 points per game on FanDuel, 15.4 on DK. So Ferkser definitely, um, in my opinion, is in play. Let's take a look at him versus Jeff Swaim. So we look at the targets. Um, So over the last three weeks, uh, Ferkser was the only tight end that secured or that actually had any targets. He went one for one for 13. Week 17, he was 3-for-3, 24 yards and a touchdown. But Jeff Swaim was also 3-for-3, 9 yards and a touchdown. What about week 18? Uh, Ferks are 4-for-4, 56 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Week 18 for Swaim, 1-for-1, 2 yards. So it looks like, though, that... You know they're kind of in and out, but he kind of prefers Ferkser. This is kind of dangerous. This is a real fucking dangerous play. Um, that's why you got to be really careful with it. Um, it's kind of a squeeze your butt cheeks and just let it go type deal. Um, I'm going to keep it in mind though. Some of these some of these lesser used tight ends uh, might come in handy. But I'm definitely going to still take a look between him 
between Ferkser and Swaim and see which one I actually prefer. Right For right now, it's Anthony Ferkser. I uh, don't think we need to go anywhere else. So the late Saturday game, San Francisco at Green Bay at 8.15 Eastern. Green Bay opened as a 4.5-point favorite. 47 was the over-under. Green Bay is a 5.5-point favorite right now. Uh, 47 is the current over-under. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo and his bad thumb and his bad shoulder will be taking on the Green Bay Packers defense. That is 15th in pass defense, DVOA. 22nd in points allowed to the quarterback position at 18.5 on FanDuel and 19.3 on DK. Jimmy Garoppolo, 6,500, 24, and 5,200. Good for 8th across the board. So the lowest price starting quarterback on the board. Uh, good. He can fucking stay there, and I'm not going to focus on him. With those ailments, with the thumb ailment, with the shoulder ailment, that means that I'm going to be looking a little bit more towards Eli Mitchell. Eli Mitchell, he's going to be the predominant ball carrier here. Um, Green Bay Packers are 28th in rush defense DVOA, 23rd in DVOA versus running back in the passing game. Uh, Like I said, Eli's not always kind of in, you know, He's not in those passing downs. He uses more of a, a pass blocker. Uh, Green Bay is seventh in points allowed to the running back position over the regular season, 18.7 on FanDuel, 21.5 on DK. So we do need to consider Eli Mitchell, based, if anything, based purely on um, how many, you know, how much carries, how much usage we're going to get out of him. Uh, we do have to consider them 7,300, 25, and 5,800. Good for fourth, fourth, and fifth. Uh, DK price isn't bad. The Yahoo price is actually fucking fantastic at $25. Um, that's not bad at all. 7,300 is getting a little rich on FanDuel, but I think it's doable. Um, so Eli Mitchell is in play. Now, what are we going to do with the wide receivers, right? You got Debo Samuel. Uh, the wide receiver slash running back of the San Francisco 49ers, Brandon Ayuk, Jawan Jennings. So Jair Alexander is questionable, but he's expected to play in this game. How much and where is the question, right? So Debo is the number one. He'll line up on the outside. Brandon Ayuk, the two, lined up across from him, and Jawan Jennings would be the slot guy. Um, and generally, Jawan Jennings would have the best matchup against one Chandon Sullivan. The thought process that I have heard, and I don't disagree with it, but I need to see them say it first, if I can, is that maybe Jair is not going to be on the outside and he would come back and just play out of the slot to kind of bring him back at least this week, which means that uh, Debo would actually line up against Eric Stokes, keeping Douglas over at Brandon Ayuk um, on that side, and then you would have Alexander in the slot instead of Jawan Jennings, which means that Jair would have the advantage against one Jawan Jennings. So Green Bay Packers, as far as DVOA is concerned, uh, seventh in DVOA versus the wide receiver one, seventh versus the wide receiver two, third versus the wide receiver plus. 22 points allowed to the wide receiver position as a whole at 29 on FanDuel, 35.9 on DK. Now, the, probably the most 
popular decision here and one that I do not disagree with um, whatsoever is going to be Debo Samuel. Third, uh, 8,600, 36, and 7,600, good for third, second, and third across the board. Uh, Debo Samuel will fill, you know, play running back from time to time, so he's going to get a lot of touches. Um, in fact, let's take the last, let's look at the last three weeks of touches. Now, this, no, this will actually have Elijah Mitchell on the field, so this is good. So, Debo Samuel. Week 17, secured three of six targets for 63 yards and a touchdown. Also had seven rushing attempts for 19 yards. In week 18, he secured four of six targets for 95 yards and also had eight rushes for 45 yards and a touchdown. I totally fucked up on the stat here. Hold on one second. Okay, so... In the wild card round, he secured three all three of his targets for 38 yards and then had 10 rushes for 72 yards and a touchdown. So Debo's skill set puts him definitely in play, and he's actually really worth that pricing uh, being up that much because if they're going to give him the ball, they're probably going to give him a lot. It's going to be like that wild card game, okay? where he's going to get a ton of touches on the ground, keep the ball out of Jimmy G's hands as much as possible. So an Eli Mitchell-Debo-Samuel game. Definitely in play here. Now, it's not without saying that Brandon Ayuk couldn't get it done against Razul Douglas, but as far as I'm concerned, looking at how Razul Douglas has played, uh, he's played very well, very effective on the outside. So I'm going to pass on it. Uh, Jawan Jennings, I think, is a no-go, so I'm going to pass on it. It's Debo, Eli Mitchell, and there is one guy that I will take a look at that I don't know if everybody's going to play, which gives me curiosity for GPPs, and that is George Kittle, who has been failing about the last you know three to four weeks, probably about four weeks right now. Um, so it's going to keep a lot of people off of him. Uh, specifically for the four-game slate. So 6,400, 23, and 5,300, good for fourth, third, and third. Green Bay is 28th in uh, DVOA versus tight end, 22nd in points allowed to the tight end position, 10.6 and 13.4. He did take advantage of them earlier in the year. So it's something that uh, we could see them see the 49ers go back to. Now, he really has not done shit since week 15 where he secured all six targets for 93 yards uh, in week 15. Uh, week 14 was the last you know touchdown scored uh, where he was 13 to 15 for 151 and one. Um, week 16, he was two of three for 21. Week 17, one of two for 29. Week t- uh, 18. Five of seven for ten, and then the wild card round, he was one of three uh, for 18. So there's going to be a lot of people who just are going to stay away that's going to be too high of a price. Uh, so it gives me a little bit of curiosity on whether or not I want to use them or not. Moving on, I do think we 
can can I I do believe that we can consider Aaron Rodgers now. The problem is whether or not San Francisco is really going to slow that game down, and he's not going to be. He's not going to put up the points that we want. So let's go through the pricing first. So eighty four hundred, thirty two, and seventy one hundred good for third, fifth, and third. Yahoo price very good thirty two. Um, 49ers, 26 in pass defense, DVOA, 18th in points allowed to the quarterback position at 17.9 on FanDuel, 18.6 on DK. So we need to decide, is Aaron Rodgers just going to, you know, be the field general, get the game going here, uh, get the game done and over with, get out, hopefully escape with a win, Or is he going to just absolutely explode and try to take out frustrations? They, you know, he's never beaten San Francisco in the playoffs. Um, it just works, kind of works out that you know you'd have San Francisco this week, quite possibly Tampa Bay the next week. So you'd have the last two conference championship opponents that Aaron Rodgers has faced the last two years. And can he get the Packers into the Super Bowl finally by beating both of them, getting, quote-unquote, revenge on them? It's quite possible. Now, he could be completely efficient and have, you know, three fucking touchdowns too. It, San Francisco, like I said last week, it is a pa- it's a pass-funnel offense. You can't run on them. You can certainly pass to the running back, and let them, you know, do their thing. So Aaron Jones would kind of be in play. I don't think I'm going to go there. Um, he's 7,500, 29, and 6,800 for third, second, and second. San Francisco, seventh in rush defense DVOA. 32nd, though, versus the running back in the passing game in DVOA. Ninth in points allowed to the running back position. 18.9 on FanDuel, 21.8 on DK. All right, I'll fucking put Aaron Jones in there. I don't know if I'm going to put AJ Dillon in there though. I've heard I've heard a bunch of stuff about AJ Dillon, and I'm like, eh, I don't know. This seems to be more of an Aaron Jones type game, and in fact, I think he had a decent game against them two years ago in the playoffs. Um, so I guess I will take a look at him before kind of counting him out, but um. I just I don't see myself paying up that much. He's still way cheaper than Derrick Henry, but um, I think I would rather pay down for. Well, Elijah Mitchell is only two hundred dollars cheaper. What about? Eh, he's four dollars cheaper. Eli's four dollars cheaper on Yahoo. Um, thousand dollars, yeah, thousand dollars cheaper on on DK. It's definitely Eli Mitchell there. Um, I'll take a look back. Uh, running backs ch- in t- uh, typically don't do well against San Francisco, but um, I'm going to take a look at the injuries that have been happening. Nick Bosa is kind of the big one. Um, he did practice today, so he might be back on the field. But we, I digress. Let's go take a look at our trio of wide receivers. Yes, I said trio. We're going to look at them. Um. That trio would be, of course, Devonta Adams and Alan Lazard. 
Not going to be Marquez Valdez-Scantling in this game. He is doubtful. He's listed as doubtful, but we did get the return of one Randall Cobb, um, who does not have a pressing on Yahoo across any slate. If he gets added, Yahoo's been known to add players in. Um, so as soon as I can f- get those additions, it'll probably be, t- uh, probably be tomorrow on Friday. Uh, so I'll get them added in there. You'll get another, you know, you'll get all the re- uh, uh, updated spreadsheets tomorrow night, um, so you'll be able to peruse that. But let's take a look here. San Francisco, in terms of DVOA, 12, 12th in DVOA versus wide receiver 1, 12th versus wide receiver 2, 10th versus wide receiver plus, 18th in points allowed to the wide receiver positions at whole, 29.1 on FanDuel, 36.9 on DK. Devontae Adams, of course, everybody's going to look at. He is, he is fucking expensive. And why, why do I have a showdown price in there? That is not correct. What the fuck is going on? What happened there? Okay, so let's see. We get this fixed, which is great. Uh, Randall Cobb's numbers did actually come in on Yahoo, so actually it was a good thing that I went back in and looked. Um, so this will be revamped. So when you're looking at the Packers and you're looking at the pricing thing, I have fixed it. Uh, that'll be out for tomorrow. But, uh, all right. So Devonte Adams, 8,700, 35 and 8,500. Good for second, fourth and second. Alan Lazard, 6,000, 16 and 4,400. Good for 11th, 13th and 15th. And then Randall Cobb, who finally got his Yahoo price. Uh, 5,300, 15, and 3,100, good for 19th, 16th, and 31st. Um, Adams has a huge advantage over cornerback Ambry Thomas, um, who we saw kind of getting torched by Cooper Cup. Um, But uh, Adams will move around the field. He's going to have the advantage on Thomas. Mosley and Kwan Adams, even if he's in the slot. So Adams is definitely in play. Alan Lazard, I think, is definitely in play too as a cheaper value type option here. Randall Cobb intrigues me. But I mean, you look at the Yahoo price, you can pay a dollar more for Alan Lazard. Alan Lazard's been way more involved. Um, so I like him there. A little bit more than I like Randall Cobb, but I mean Randall Cobb. I mean, if you fit a lot of stuff in there, you know, from the other games that you really, really like, um, and you put Randall Cobb in there as kind of a cog, you know, just like a cheap fill-in piece, he's going to get targeted with no MVS out there coming back. If they're good to go with Randall Cobb in the slot, boy, he's got a slight advantage on Williams, man. So. I have to kind of consider it. Um, I don't usually like to attack Juan Williams, but, I mean, I'll do it. I'll fucking do it. Uh, Josiah DeGuerra, I know, I know what the Cowboys did (laughs) against them. Um, You know, you had Blake Jarwin out there and who was, you know, out there a little bit, but Dalton Schultz was tearing it up. I get it. I just don't know if I can trust Josiah Deguera. I'd much rather ch- I'd much rather take Alan Lazard or Randall Cobb before I take a Josiah Deguera. 
Um, San Francisco, 26 in uh, DVOA against the tight end position, eighth in points allowed to the tight end position, uh, 7.3 on FanDuel and 9.4 on DK. The only thing of it is, is like, he might be able to get a cheap touchdown, but I mean, I can see, you know, Rodgers going to Adams just as much at the goal line as, as DeGuerra, if not more. Um, which makes me just kind of sit there and go, eh, eh, The thing that really intrigues me the most, though, is Green Bay Packers defense. I mean, you'll see on FanDuel and DK that they're number one across the board. Um, but then you look at Yahoo, and they're seventh. So they're the second cheapest defense on the board. Um, 4,500, 11, and 3,200. Good for first, seventh, and first. San Francisco, 11th in points allowed to opposing team defenses uh, at 5.18 points per game. I talked about it last week with the thumb, and now you're going to add this uh, shoulder injury in here. I have a lot of intrigue about attacking Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, I will probably leave Packers defense in here. I not a hundred percent that I'm going with them, um, but I have a lot of interest. I think on Yahoo, I'm just going to lock it in, just take the cheap savings. It's kind of one of those things where I'm not really too worried about what defense I'm ultimately going to be putting in there. As a whole, the cheaper usually the better. Um. But I am intrigued. I am intrigued by Green Bay Packers defense. They're going to be playing at home. It's going to be cold as fuck. You're going to have a quarterback with a bad thumb and now a bad shoulder. I don't care if they didn't put him as questionable. He's fucking hurting. He's going to be hurting. If they get a couple shots on him, knock him down, toss him around. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to fucking fold. That's why I can't buy in this whole 49ers taking this game in Green Bay. San Francisco is not like these other teams that can come in. They're not like Tampa, a very heavy veteran team that's been through the slog, right? Especially Tom Brady himself. Knows how to jazz you know, a team up. Knows how to lead a team to victory. It's not fucking Jimmy Garoppolo. So this whole idea that Jimmy's going to be leading leading, uh, San Francisco to a win in Green Bay, I think is ludicrous. I took that five and a half actually on Monday. Um, I did say it was over. So there's going to be points in this game. Um, But I think, think, honestly, you know, as much as it's going to sound like a homer pick, I'm really siding with Green Bay in this one. Really siding with Green Bay in this one. I just don't know if I'm going to use a lot of the offensive pieces. I might just use the Green Bay defense, to be honest with you, because they're going to be fucking ready to go. They're getting a lot of pieces back, and I think that's going to be that's getting missed here. But, you know, call me a homer if you want to. Um, win, lose, or draw. Well, actually, win or lose. Um, I'm probably going to be sticking with that call. Moving on to Sunday, we have the L.A. Rams at Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
Tampa Bay opened as two and a half point favorites. 48 and a half was the over under. Currently, Tampa Bay is a three point favorite, and the over under dropped to 47 and a half. Still good, right? Um, oh, man. I don't know what to do with this game. And there's a reason for it. I'm going to get through these pretty, pretty quick, I think, for these last two. But can we consider Matthew Stafford against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? I think we can. Um, Tampa, 10th in pass defense DVOA, 19th in points allowed to the quarterback position. What did I just say here? 19th in points allowed to the quarterback position. 18.3 on FanDuel, 19.6 on DK. Sorry, I had a real brain, I had a real brain fart. I don't know what the fuck happened. It was amazing. So, but Matthew Stafford comes in as having the devil's number. That's right. He is six across the board. 7,400, 29, 6,200. Good for six, six, six. That, my friends, is... Spooky. Spooky. Um, I think we could definitely consider Matthew Stafford in this spot. I don't know if ultimately I'm going to lie on him. Uh, and I'm going to be getting to this one here in a little bit. Um, but I do think he's in play. Uh, not my favorite, though, at the quarterback position. Now, can we consider the running backs? Are we going to consider Sonny Michelle or are we going to con- consider cam acres the tampa bay buccaneers are 12th in rush defense dvoa 21st in dvoa versus the running back in the passing game so that's of interest um third though overall in points allowed to the running back position but they do give up points 18.4 on FanDuel and 22.1 on dk we know that we don't like to attack the tampa bay buccaneers up the middle now attacking on the side especially with the running back in the passing game, that's kind of more of our consideration. Cam Akers looked really fucking good last week if you look back at that game against Arizona. Cam Akers, 5,700, 19, and 5,500. Good for ninth, ninth, and eighth. So on two of the sites, he is actually priced more than Sony Michelle, and it makes sense. He's going to be the guy that's going to be catching the ball out of the backfield. I'm telling you. I don't know how the fuck he's doing it. I it could be Matthew Stafford six six six. You know they made a they made a deal with the devil. Cam Akers looks really fucking good. And to be honest with you, at running back, I'm thinking of just paying down at the two running back spots and running everything else. You know, higher end. So I will consider. I am going to consider Cam Akers. I'm off Sony Michelle. It's Cam Akers if I'm going to go there. Looks good. Let's do it. As far as the wide receivers are concerned, you have Odell Beckham Jr., of course, as, you know, quote-unquote wide receiver one on the outside, Cooper Cup on the inside, Van Jefferson on the other side. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 14th in DVOA versus the wide receiver one, 11th versus the wide receiver two, and 17th versus the wide receiver plus. They've actually been pretty good. They're 11th in Points allowed to the wide receiver position as a whole. 28.2 on FanDuel and 36.3 on DK. Jamel Dean should, uh, Odell Beckham should draw Jamel Dean in primary coverage. Cooper Cup will see Antoine Winfield, the safety, 
in there. He'll have a slight advantage over him. Van Jefferson facing Carlton Davis. I'm not going to be facing Carlton Davis. Um, we'll have to pay attention to Sean Murphy Bunting, who is questionable in the slot, if anything. Um, I think Winfield is actually better than Sean Murphy Bunting, to be honest with you, in covering Cooper Cup. Um, but we do have to still kind of pay attention to these to these uh, wide receivers here. Now, Odell Beckham has been the guy, you know, or is the guy that scored the touchdown last week. Cooper Cup did as well. But, I mean, uh, to be honest, ooh, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? That's not right. Come on. Um, Co- uh, Cooper Cup is probably the guy that I'm really looking at the most. Um. He did score, but he just didn't get the job done, right? So I don't know if anybody's going to be paying up for him. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr., 6,500, 22 and 5,300, good for ninth, ninth, and 10th. Cooper Cup, 9,500, 40 and 8,600, good for first across the board again. Um, and I'm going to stay off of Van Jefferson here in this one. Um, I do have some intrigue, though, in Tyler Higby. Uh, we saw this with uh, Dallas Goddard last week, um, and I had mentioned it. Uh, somebody brought up Dallas Goddard in the uh, Discord for the Daily Ambush site and was talking about Dallas Goddard, and I said that that's where I would attack um, if you're looking for a Jalen Hurts target last week, and he came through. He you know, he had a shitload of catches and whatnot. So Tyler Higby, 5,400, 17, and 4,000. Good for 6th, 5th, and 5th. Tampa Bay was 15th in DVOA versus tight end position at the end of the regular season. 15th in points allowed to the tight end position as a whole. 9.9 on FanDuel, 12.6 on DK. Higby has been being targeted, I believe, quite a bit, um, if I'm not mistaken, these last couple of weeks here. So let's take a look here. LA Rams. Yeah, so last four weeks since coming back off COVID. So this is 16, 17, 18, and the wild card round. Five for 41 on six targets. Six for 69 on nine targets. Six for 55 and two touchdowns on eight targets. Three for 46 on four targets. Now they're beating the shit out of... um, Arizona Cardinals, this game is going to be a bit more uh, competitive. So I can see those numbers at the very least being like the week 16, week 17 with the opportunity to get a touchdown or two in there. Um, So Tyler Higby, Tyler Higby is the guy that we're going to take a look at in the Rams uh, passing game. That's probably my top option, uh, to be completely honest with you. Uh, Cam Akers, of course, I like. but um, And then I want to take a look at the L.A. Rams defense. They got the job done last week against Arizona. Um, had the, you know, touchdown, the pick six. So 4,313 and 3,000, good for third, fifth, and third. Um, they're pretty cheap. They're still, though, pretty cheap across the board. The Tampa Bay... Buccaneers are ninth in points allowed to opposing team defenses at 4.65 points per game. But we need to pay attention to uh, Jensen at center and Wirfs at right tackle. If one is down, that's bad. If two of them are down, that's even fucking worse. 
So especially if Jensen is gone at center, that's going to leave a huge hole in the middle. We've talked about this before. The best way to attack Tom Brady is to go right straight up the fucking middle. So if Jensen is not there at center, I think I'm going to say I'm good to go with the L.A. Rams defense. If both of them are gone, giddy up. I, you know, Tom Brady generally gets the job done, but you're missing two. If you're missing two pieces, key pieces of your offensive line, if you're missing your starting running back in Leonard Fournette, a guy that you are very comfortable with in outlet passing, uh, taking on a heavy, pa- uh, heavy rush like they will be with Aaron Donald and the boys, dude, good luck. Good fucking luck Tom Brady can I think contrary on this yeah I can okay 7835 and 6800 fourth second and fourth we talked about this with Aaron Rodgers I'm not I wouldn't be incredibly scared of this defense if we had the full complement of guys but guess what This Rams D, this Rams D is better than what everybody's saying. Okay, they hit a lull. I wasn't scared of them beforehand. They are going from West Coast to East Coast now. Guaranteed, you know. Granted, you know you're looking at a 3 p.m. Eastern game, so you know an hour earlier than what they would originally play. So if they get if they're getting into town, say tomorrow. Um, or Friday, I should say, then I'm not really too worried about it. But uh, I'm telling you, I don't like this matchup for Tampa at all. I think they've been living on the edge. I think they can be beat. I think Rams can go in there and get the upset. This could be the actual upset that we're looking for. Um, and then we'd see a rematch of Green Bay, Green Bay and the LA Rams. The only guy that I'm even considering is Mike Evans, and I don't know if I can do it again after last week. Mike Evans, eighty three hundred thirty and sixty eight hundred, good for fourth, fifth, and fifth. Rams are 16th in DVOA versus the wide receiver one. I don't know if Jalen Ramsey has to cover anybody else in this offense outside of Mike Evans and Rob Gronkowski. It's a tough, tough game. This is a tough, tough decision. I'm going to leave this one open. I want to see what happens with the practice reports um, for tomorrow. See what everything looks like. See what the feel, see what the vibe is feeling like. But uh, overall, um, I, I am I'm not high on this team. I'm not high on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's really weird. I, you know, we liked him last week, um, but that was Philly. I want to see what their last couple of games have been. Yeah, you know, I mean, 
their last their last four games. This is this is their last four opponents after the nine to zero loss versus New Orleans at Carolina, Jets versus Carolina and Philadelphia. That's not a gauntlet. That's not a gauntlet. So I'm a little bit worried if I'm a Tampa Bay fan right now. So I'm going to pass on it. We'll see if it comes back. Take a look when I get the spreadsheet back out. You're going to kind of see what I'm what I'm looking at. So the two main defenses that I'm looking at are Green Bay on Saturday, L.A. Rams on Sunday. I think you could consider Tampa Bay's defense, um, but you're going to be paying up for it. I think the wiser move is to pay down a little bit down to that L.A. Rams. I think they're going to be jacked up for that game. So, but last but certainly not least, this is going to be the most fun. This is probably going to be the most fun game, uh, especially going to be the most popular game on the slate, and that's the six thirty p.m. Eastern, which is so nice that it's you know five thirty Central. You know these games start a little bit earlier. Um, we have Buffalo at Kansas City. Great game, going to be a great game. Kansas City two and a half point favorite, fifty three and a half. Was the over-under when it opened? Kansas City is still currently a one-and-a-half point favorite. Uh, 54 was the over-under. I got this at uh, Kansas City being a two-point favorite. I still I took the Buffalo Bills in this game. I think it's just their game. Um, too many holes still on the Kansas City side. Um, I think Buffalo... <laughs> I just think Buffalo really, really wants this. So, of course, we're going to consider, you know, I, I think you could throw a lot of the statistics out the kind of fucking door here. Um, I think this is, this, I was hoping last week was just going to be strictly a Devin Singletary game because I saw this as a potential matchup for this round. And this is where I would have went with Josh Allen, right? So he doesn't do all that good. We get the low ownership on him, whatnot. That's not going to fucking happen. It's just not. So Josh Allen, 8,843 on Yahoo, 76 on DK. Good for first across the board. The Yahoo price kind of scares me, but I'm fine with the FanDuel price. I'm fine with the DK price. Um, facing a Kansas City defense, 23rd in pass defense DVOA, 30th in points allowed to the quarterback position at 20.3 on FanDuel and 21.3 on DK. Now we look at the running backs. I um, Devin Singletary definitely in play. Uh, he's on a roll, so we have to at least consider him. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs, 20th in rush defense DVOA, 26th in DVOA versus running back in the passing game, 16th in points allowed to the RB position, 20.5 on FanDuel, 24.3 on DK. Now, the only concern I have is this could completely become the Josh Allen on the ground game. Um, that last week started out being. Now he can get the rushing touchdowns in here, but Devin Singletary, seventy-two hundred twenty-four and fifty-nine hundred, good for fifth, fifth and fourth. He's priced down quite a bit. Um, still, you know, a little bit higher price than uh, Cam Akers, of course, but um, the price on Yahoo, I don't mind. The price on DK, I, 
I don't mind. It's kind of that pricing over on FanDuel's whether is whether I want to pay for say if I like Eli Mitchell and Devin Singletary, would I pay for both at seventy three hundred and seventy two, or just pay down at the second RB position even more? Um, that's kind of my concern in there. But uh, we'll get there. Like I said, Josh Allen first before I'd ever put Devin Singletary in that lineup, but I am considering him. Uh, I think at wide receiver, and this is one of the reasons too, I think at wide receiver, I'm not focusing on Emmanuel Sanders, um, even Cole Beasley against Legarius uh, Sneed. Uh, it's Stephon Diggs versus Traverius Ward. He has the uh, 15 to 22% advantage over Traverius Ward here. Uh, Diggs hasn't been all that great. He's been productive. He just hasn't, you know, been great, hasn't gone off. This could be the game. The Kansas City Chiefs are 17th in DVOA versus wide receiver ones, 19th in points allowed to the wide receiver position as a whole, 29.2 on FanDuel, 36.7 on DK. Stephon Diggs, 7,800, 27, and 6,500, good for 7th, 6th, and 7th. He should not be priced down that far, my friends. That is the dick, dirt, cheap price of the week. Stephon Diggs, let's load him up. Let's load him up. Now, the other question that we have is whether or not we're going to consider Dawson Knox after he just went off for two touchdowns. Oh, boy. I mean, we can because it, there is an, there's a slight advantage here, not that much. He, Tyron Matthew, if you line him up against a strong safety, uh, actually, Tyron Matthew has the advantage over Dawson Knox. Uh, but the Kansas City Chiefs, 18th in DVOA versus the tight end position, 16th in points allowed to the position as a whole, 9.9 on FanDuel, 12.5 on DK. His pricing, 6520 and 4900 good for third, fourth, and fourth. So you're going to have kind of a question here. You're gonna you're gonna still pay for Dawson Knox in the great game in the great matchup, or you're gonna try and get off the cuff a little bit. Tyler Higby, who we've talked about, is in a good spot. He's priced down a little bit lower. You can save some salary there, or maybe George Kittle. I mean, George Kittle is sitting right around that same little price range there. Dawson Knox is actually a hundred dollars more than George Kittle on Fanduel. Think about that one for a minute. Think about that. Think about how ridiculous that is. I love Dawson Knox. You know I love Dawson Knox. But come on, man. Come on. That can't happen. On the other side, we look at the Kansas City Chiefs. Yes, this is a bad matchup on pl- on paper, uh, but this could totally explode. We do have to look at Patrick Mahomes, and there's a reason for this, okay? So Patrick Mahomes, 8,500, 34, and 7,300, good for second, third, and second. He is the third highest-priced quarterback um, on the board. He's actually tied with who? Joe Burrow. How the fuck are you tied with Joe Burrow? Really? Really? That doesn't... That, that doesn't seem right. I mean, you're saving seven. You're saving. Uh, pardon me. Saving nine dollars from Josh Allen on Yahoo. 
I might consider Patrick Mahomes the better play than Josh Allen over on Yahoo, just based on that price alone. The last time these two played each other, it was a very, very good game. Very good game. How good was that game? Oh, not very much. <laughs> Never mind. It was 20 to 38. But I mean, you still had. Whoops. It was 20. Uh, it was a Buffalo stomper by 18. Um, but Patrick Mahomes still went 272, two touchdowns. Yeah, he had the two interceptions. Yeah, he had a fumble loss. If he's able to get rid of at least one of those, uh, he did have eight rushing attempts for 61 yards. So the rushing element alone uh, gives me a lot of interest here. Um, now, Clyde Edwards-Lair is apparently back. He's back practicing. He's ready to go, so we will not worry about Daryl Williams. Does this kill a little bit of Jer- Does this kill the Jarek McKinnon uh, love? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I haven't seen any reports on anything here. Um, but, I mean, you're looking at Clyde Edwards-Lair at 5,717 and 5,200, good for 9th, 11th, and 11th. Jarek McKinnon, 6,017 and 4,800, good for 8th, 11th, and 15th. This is a very fucking dangerous situation. Very dangerous. I think the thought is that Jarek McKinnon best complements this offense, you know, especially in the passing game. So Clyde Edwards-Alaire might be left kind of out in the cold. Uh, Let's see, last four games he had three targets, three targets, four targets, one target before you got injured. Um, if Jarek McKinnon has secured more of the Daryl Williams element, you know, you're looking at three targets, three targets, one target, three targets, three targets, and four overall. And you might. No, you're not going to get the carry totals. That's the only problem. That's the only problem, especially with him priced up a bit. Keep paying attention to this. Um, I don't. Ugh, I just don't like it. Just don't like it. <sighs> it's interesting because running back position has usually been pretty good against Buffalo, but I'm wondering if we just get away from that. And just look at Patrick Mahomes and his legs. Not the fastest quarterback on the board, but definitely in play. Um, as far as pass targets are concerned, uh, I think we can definitely look at um, Ty- all three guys. Tyreek Hill, Bry- Byron Pringle, and McCole Hardman. Um, Tyreek Hill actually has the advantage over Teron Johnson, and he will move. Um, he doesn't move to the Levi Wallace side, though. He moves over to the Dane Jackson side where McCole Hardman would be. So, man, if they can get Tyreek Hill over on that 
Dane Jackson side. I love this play even more. 8,200, 23, and 6,600. Good for fifth, eighth, and sixth. Uh, Byron Pringle, 5,700, 12, and 4,200. Good for 14, 21, and 17. Nicole Hardman, though, does have more of an advantage. Um, 5,300, 11, and 3,900. I want to go back and actually look at that Kansas City-Pittsburgh game, as gross as it is. Um, I got to look at where they're where their lineup assignments were on the plays. Because last week I liked Byron Pringle. I might like McCole Hardman a little bit more this week. Kind of shift gears, change sides. Um, I think you can consider Travis Kelsey this week, um, even though it's a terrible matchup. Uh, Bill's 13th of DVOA versus tight end. It's not, it's not the worst matchup that he's faced, but... Um, I think it's definitely a consideration. They're only four, they're fourth in points allowed to the tight end position, though. Um, so that kind of scares me here. What happened last time? I can't remember if Travis Kelsey was not there. Where is that game? Where is my Buffalo game? All right, let's see what happened last time. Oh, that's right. Clyde Edwards-Alaire failed last time. Jerick McKinnon was actually actually played in that game. Interesting. Uh, Tyree Kill, 7 of 13 for 63. McCole Hardman, 9 for 12 for 76. And that was going off against frickin' uh, Tredavious. Would have been on that side. Interesting. Byron Pringle, 2 Two of two for 11 yards. Got the touchdown. Got a cheap touchdown. Bastard. Uh, Travis Kelsey, 7 to 13 for 63. So, I mean, as far as for pure points, it's actually not a bad. It's still not a bad spot. They're going to be tossing the ball all over the fucking place. So, I think we could consider Kelsey, but as far as, like, actually having to pay up. For him, I don't know if I want to do that either. It's all going to kind of depend upon your lineup build, how you want to build it. But like I said, you know, truly everyone is in play um, this weekend. But uh, I'm going to see. I'm going to take a look. I'm going to go back, um, you know, tomorrow, tomorrow after I get done with work and Definitely try and find out uh, where the good spots are. I think we've got a really good start here, really good talk about what's going on this weekend. <sighs> I mean, you could light up you could light up fucking Buffalo, Kansas City guys. I mean, Gabe Davis would definitely be in play, and I didn't even mention him. So let's take a look. Let's sit back, relax. Let me get it figured out. And if anything, any questions, comments, or concerns, you know where to hit me up. But until next time, take it easy. Ooh, special podcast next time. This is the Atlanta Falcons podcast. 28-3, to 3, baby. 